Welcome to Attached, a platform for adding breadth and depth to everyday living. I'm Yaakov Danishevsky, and this is the Shovavim series, a special release of tools and principles to help increase self-understanding and control for a life of elevated Kedusha. Someone who has exposure to all different areas of of, uh, of Yiddishkeit, the different Mahalachim, and he's someone who embraces Chabad Chasidus. He is a, a real Talmud Chacham. He is someone who's a, a genuine Baal Avoda, and he is someone who, is a, as a therapist, has keen insight into into human psychology. Specifically tonight, by this we'll discuss in Yanim Shovim. He has uh, he works with those in Yanim at length, and uh, it's, it's such a kavod and such a nachas for us to call upon Rav Yaakov to share some words. Rav Yaakov just put out a, a new Sefer attachment, attached, attached. We, he texted me some of the different titles, so I know all the different uh, permutations. Attached, which is, uh, I mean, maybe I'll ask Rav Yaakov to just give a one-line snippet, or I think after Marv, we'll, uh, sure. we'll, he'll be selling them for a, a discounted price for B'nai Shiva. For tonight only, so I get it now. And uh, maybe he'll, he'll give an insight into what, what the, the book is all about. And uh, I look forward to hearing from you around. Okay, it's a little embarrassing, but I'm actually recording myself, and I forgot it here. So, good introduction. <laughs> My wife wanted me to get Rubiakov's introduction. So, see if it picked it up. Okay, it's really a, uh, I'm overwhelmed to stand here. Your two Rebbeim are uh, very, very dear Chaverim of mine. We go back, I won't, uh, I won't take your time to talk about that, but it uh, really fills me, fills me deeply on the inside. Ein Milim, it's very, very special. Really, really special to, to be here and to see this. This is, this is tremendous. It's really, uh, it's an inspiration to, to a lot of people in a lot of places far beyond uh, the walls here. So I want to talk a little bit about, uh, about Shovavim and uh, why it's connected to this week's, to these partios, not this specific week, but to these specific partios of Shmos, Va'era, Bo, B'Shalach, Yisrael, Mishpatim. Why specifically these partios do we have an Indian of working on in Yanei Kedusha in these partios? So there's a lot of different explanations. I think the simple shot, the simplest explanation as to why there's a specific focus and emphasis in working on in Yanei Kedusha during these parshios is because it's the time that Klal Yisrael were in Mitzrayim. They were, they were immersed in Tomas Mitzrayim. They were immersed in a, in a culture, in a place that was not their own. It was not guarded by walls of a base medrash. It was not an environment that they could control in any way, shape, or form. So they were exposed to all sorts of things, in most ways, primarily Tumah. And they were exposed to who knows what they were exposed to. 
already in the first encounter, before it's Klal Yisrael Mitzrayim, before it's Shmos, but already Yitzchak going down to Mitzrayim, one of the first instances we have of a Yid in Mitzrayim is struggling with Asia's Potiphar. Being in Mitzrayim was a place of struggling with Kedusha. So the experience of being in Mitzrayim and not only being exposed to it, but being in Shibud Mitzrayim, being enslaved to Mitzrayim, being enslaved to that Tumah, that's the work, that's the avoda of Shovavim. And so Shovavim falls in these parshios. And more than that, it's also the time when Klai Yisrael had moments of giving up hope, moments of experiencing a yeyosh of sorts, of giving up, of thinking there's no way that we're getting out of here in any way, shape, or form. They thought, we, we can't even hear the possibility of a Moshe Rabbeinu telling us that there could be a geula. When a person falls in, in an experience of, of struggling in this Indian, in this area, so there could be an experience of a low shamal emotion, that they can't even imagine a geula, that it's such a deep and dark and difficult struggle that a person is subsumed into the Tumas Mitzrayim so much that they don't even know that there's a possibility of a way out. But then ultimately, at the same time, it's also in these parshias because these parshias are not only entering Mitzrayim and not only being overwhelmed by Mitzrayim and not only being suffocated by Mitzrayim and not only being miyayish to Mitzrayim, but it's also the parshios that actually have Geula and have Yeshua and that Klai Yisrael do get out of Mitzrayim. And so for all those reasons, because that is the experience and the struggle of every or most normal, healthy Jewish men, with Inyane Kedusha, this avoda of Shovavim is in those specific parshos because of the experience of Mitzrayim in those ways. I think that's the simple pshat. But I was thinking about it, and I think there's a little bit more as to why it's in these parshios. So I don't know about you, but for me personally, every time we get up to these parshios, I personally find it very frustrating. Very frustrating because... It's like the story keeps seeming, I mean, obviously we all know the end of the story. So on some level, like I know what's going to happen, you know, but if you actually try and like read it as if you haven't read it before, or like you try and let yourself experience it and you try and as, as Rav Salvechik, I once heard him say in a recording, I had like a year that I like just listened to Rav Salvechik recordings and like that was like all I did for a year. So there was one recording where I remember him saying he was talking Parshas Bahaloscha. There's a famous, uh, famous speech he gave. He's telling, we're about to go. And he, and he talks about when you read the Chumash, when you read the Parsha, in addition to analyzing the words and learning the Mepharshman, you have to ask yourself, what mood am I in when I read these, this part of the Torah? What mood do I feel like I'm in when I read this? What mood does it put me in? If you want, and he said, if you want to understand what the, what's actually happening in the Chumash, you have to ask yourself what mood you're in. So if I ask myself what mood I'm in when I read Shmos, well, maybe the end of Shmos, but Va'era and Bo, specifically Va'era and Bo, which we just had, the mood it puts me in is extremely frustrated. Why? Because it keeps seeming like it's about to finally end. Like it keeps being like we get up to the, to the, to the cusp of it. Like it's about to happen. They're about to get out. Like Paro's finally about to give in. Like this maka did the trick. By the time this maka bothers Paro and the Mitzrim so much that they're finally about to give in and finally let Kalei Yisrael go and it seems like it's going to happen and then something happens and he's like, no, but he's going to change one detail. Like, but you can't go with, you know, with the kids or your wives. You can't. And, and he changes something at the last second. He goes back on, on his word. And now, they're, and now they're back to square. And it almost feels like they're back to square one again. And it's like, okay, like, we, 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 like just happened already. It keeps like getting there and building and building and building and then hitting a wall. And of course, we know the end of the story, but if you let yourself experience it as if, as if you're, you're learning this for the first time, it's very frustrating. It's very frustrating. And I think that might have a lot to do 
with why Shovim is in these parshios. Because the struggle with Mitzrayim, the struggle with the Tumah of Mitzrayim, the struggle with Kedusha, is one that is precisely that experience. It's the experience that a person thinks that it's going to be over now. Most people, this is a very, is a very private and personal matter, so I'm not going to ask for anyone to, to raise any hands or show anything. But if my experience of working with many, many people in this area has any truth to it, what I can say with, with pretty, pretty strong confidence is that most people in this room have probably had times in their life that they thought, okay, like, that's it. I'm done. I'm Adam Mitzrayim. Not again. Like, Paro's going to let me go now. Like, I'm done. That's it. There was a maka. There was, there was, there was you know, clarity. I could see HaKadosh Baruch Hu clearly. And now, that's it. It's over. Geula. Yitzias Mitzrayim. I'm done. Yitzias Mitzrayim. Goodbye. It's over. I'm done. I'm going to get married, and now I'm going to be done with it. When I get married, I'll be done. When I move to this new house, I'm not going to let this enter my new house. Because now it's, it's a new place, and I want it to be Kadosh. And then what happens? There was no Yitzias Mitzrayim. And, and there was no Yitzhak Mitzrayim again, and there was no Yitzhak Mitzrayim again, and Paris still didn't let him go, and Paris still didn't let you go, and the, and the Tumah still didn't let you go, and the Tumah still didn't let you go. And every time, it's so frustrating. It's like these par shows. It's like, okay, when is it going to be done? When is it going to be finished and complete and over with, finally, already? Like, I'm, I'm, I'm in my 30s now. Like, hello, what, I'm in my 40s now. I'm in my 50s now. I work with people who are even late. Like, like, seriously? Like, my kids are already getting married, and I'm still, like, aren't we done yet? Where is my Yitzhak Mitzrayim? Yitzhak Mitzrayim doesn't, doesn't happen. And even, and even when Klai Yisrael get out of Mitzrayim, it's still, there's still no Yitzhak Mitzrayim. The, the Ibn Ezra says famously, right? They're standing at Kriyas Yamsuf. And, and the Ibn Ezra doesn't use this, this Lashon exactly, right? But it's essentially what he says is they left Mitzrayim, but Mitzrayim didn't leave them. They're still struggling with Mitzrayim. So even when they had a Yitzhak Mitzrayim, they didn't have a Yitzhak Mitzrayim. They still have the, the Indian of Mitzrayim in their head. They still, they still experience, they have a slave mentality of Mitzrayim. And I think maybe, maybe that's really why Shovim is in these parshios. Because what a person needs to know is that that's, that's what the struggle with Kedusha is. That's what the lifelong pursuit of trying to strive for Kedusha is. And I think if you think about it, why did Klai Yisrael not leave Mitzrayim yet already? Why did the Yitzhak Mitzrayim not happen? Every time it seems like it's about to happen, they're going to finally go. And yet Paro now changes something. He doesn't let them go. He reneges on it. Why? Was it because Moshe and Aaron didn't do what they were told well enough? Were they not strong enough? Were they not, were they not good enough? Were Klai Yisrael doing something wrong? Did Moshe not do his job well enough? It's not for any of those reasons. Not at all. Why did they not go? Why did the Yitzhak Mitzrayim not happen every time they were about to go and it still didn't happen? Hashem tells us explicitly. It wasn't because Moshe didn't do a good enough job. It's because HaKadosh Baruch Hu was Maksha or Mechabed Lev Paro. Not Mechabed, that'd be honor. How would you say it? Machbid. Yeah, my grandmother's a Hebrew teacher of grammar. I'm not going to send her this recording. Machbid Lev Paro, right? Hashem hardens Paro's heart. So who keeps them in Mitzrayim? Think about it. Who's the one who keeps them in Mitzrayim? It's not their own failures. It's not because they weren't good enough. Why does the Yitzhak Mitzrayim never culminate? Why does it never come to fruition? And even when it does, then they're still in Mitzrayim. Mentally, they're still in Mitzrayim. Because Hashem hardens Paro's heart. And Hashem says, I want you to stay there. 
I'm keeping you there, not you. I'm keeping you there. You're doing everything you need to be doing, but I'm keeping you there. And why am I keeping you there? Bezos, teidu, keni Hashem al-kecha, b'karev Each time it says it slightly differently, but something along that language. Every time, Hashem says, I'm keeping you there. Because it's through you being there, engaged with that struggle, still engaged with the struggle, not finished with it, not having its yes mitzrayim, still in the clutches of Tumas Mitzrayim and fighting it and dealing with it by being in that matzav, that is how my name is going to be known in this world. And that, I really think, is why Shovim is in this, these parshios. Because the reason that the struggle is ongoing and that it doesn't end and that it's not over and you thought you'd get more into learning and now it would be over. You thought, okay, you know, high school, whatever, but now I'm, now I'm, now I'm serious and I'm a bentire and so now it's going to be, you know, but it's not over. And then, okay, so I made a siyam on, on the sechtas and I, and I took on this, you know, mishnayis I'm going to learn and I took on this, this Kabbalah and this thing and I did this chuv and this Yom Kippur, it's going to be over. And I said tefillah zaka with more kavana this year and I took this on and I made a, a Kabbalah myself, but it's still not over. And then I got married, it's still not over. And then I had kids and it's still not over. It's because Hashem said, I'm keeping it alive. I'm making this struggle. It's not because you're not doing a good enough job. It's because I'm telling you that this struggle, for whatever reason, for whatever reason, needs to be there to be Mekadei Shem Shemaim, somehow. Why? That I don't know. I can't tell you. But for some reason, Hashem says, this, this is how you're Mekadei Shem Shemaim. And I can't think of anything that a person needs to hear more than that with this struggle. Because it's something that more than anything else, People don't necessarily talk to each other about, for good reason. Sometimes people should, but it's understandable why they don't. Don't talk to, to other people about, there's a, there's a certain shame and a busha, and there's a certain privacy to it, and a, an embarrassment to it. And so people can think, because of all those factors, that if they're still struggling with it, there's something wrong with me. I, 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 you know, I don't think anybody like, you know, I don't know, speaks a little lush and hara and then thinks like they can't, they can't like go to Shachras the next morning, right? But people struggle with Inyani Kedusha and then think they can't go to Shachras the next morning. That's like a real thing. For whatever reasons, there's Mamari Chazal that people hear and have misunderstandings of and it's very private and there's a lot of, a lot of busha about it. For whatever reasons, there's a variety of reasons, but people can think that if I'm struggling with this and if I'm still struggling with this, then there's something wrong with me. I'm not doing a good enough job. And sometimes that's true. I'm not trying to sugarcoat anything. That's true sometimes. Sometimes a person needs to get help and they need to do a better job. It's not a stira. Sometimes a person does need to do a better job. But what these parshas are telling us, what Shovim is telling us, is that the reason it's an ongoing struggle and the reason you will actually never be rid of this struggle. You won't. That's the news that I'm here to bear. <laughs> you won't. Is because HaKadosh Baruch Hu says, I'm being maksha and machbid lev paro. And, and, it's, and, and, and Tumas Mitzrayim is going to be a struggle. And know that, because it's not because Moshe didn't do enough. It's not because you're not doing enough. It's because this is how you're Mekadeh Shem Shemayim. So if I can, do I have a few minutes? Can I just read? So in Netanya, I want to just read a few sentences of this, okay? In Netanya, he doesn't write this about Shovim, but he writes this, exactly this Indian. In Perich of Zion, in Tanya, while Tanya writes, I'm going to read to you, just jumping around a little bit in this parak. If a person has hirhurim and struggles and taiva that come to him, 
whether he says earlier, if it's not Bishas Avoda, he gives you a whole Mahalachan. But here he says, even if it's Bishas Avoda, meaning even when you're engaged in learning, you're engaged in davening, and a person has a struggle. So if it's not, sorry, I misread that. Even if it's not Bishas Avoda, Ela Be'es Osko Ba'asaka V'derach Eretz, it's when you're dealing with other things, mundane things, with Kahai Gavna. A person should be besimcha that they have that this is their chelak. Because you have the opportunity when the when when it comes when the hear her when the taiva when the struggle comes you have the opportunity to be mekayim the mitzvah. Don't be miyayish that you're still having your room, even though you, you, are, you, are, you are happily married and, and, and you just made a siyum on, on ksubis. And now you're having this taiva. So you think, what's wrong with me? How could, I just, how could it be that I, just, that I just stayed up the entire night, Shavuos learning, and I chazered an entire parak, and I just made a siyum for my yeshiva, and I'm part of a, a, an amazing chevron, I'm part of an amazing new yeshiva, and I'm still walking down the street, and I'm still bombarded and, and overwhelmed by taiva. What's wrong with me? Am I, I'm, I'm not... There's something that's not going right. He says, no, Adarabah, you should be misameach because this is your chilek, to mekadeh shem shemayim. Because it's not that you're doing something wrong, it's that HaKadosh Baruch Hu is makshalev paro, to give you the opportunity to mekadeh shem shemayim by doing the mitzvah of lo sasurach re levavchem v'achrein eichem. Va'al kein sarach l'smoach b'kiyom halav. You should have simcha fulfilling this love. K'mo b'kiyom mitzvah sasei mamish. Like you're doing a mitzvah. Like a mitzvah sasei v'adarabah. The atzvus that you might feel is because of your own gaiva, that you think that you're supposed to be a tzaddik. But the struggle is what Hashem wants from you. If Hashem wanted you to be a tzaddik without taiva, he would make you a tzaddik without taiva. Your avod in this world is to be a benoni. And a benoni means that you struggle. She'eno makir makomo, that you don't accept your place, you don't recognize your place, that you're not a tzaddik. Not being a tzaddik in the Lushan of the, to clarify, I don't have time for this, but in, in Tanya, not being a tzaddik doesn't mean you're not a tzaddik. It, it's a technical term for a certain type of neshama that 99.9% of the world doesn't have. Okay. But meaning, you're, you're a regular person. That's the point. Benoni. Benoni means you're a regular person who has taivas and who has yetzer hara and has a struggle between yetzer tov and yetzer hara. And therefore, I'm sorry, I'm, I'm finishing up. Allah. Don't allow yourself to become downtrodden and, and fallen. Even if this muhammad is ongoing for the rest of your life, don't allow that to weigh you down. Because maybe you were actually created for this muhammad It's not a bidyeved. That's the point. It's not a bidyeved. It's exactly the way it's supposed to be. After eight makos, after nine makos, and Klai Yisrael were still Mitzrayim, that wasn't a bidyeved. It was a lichatchila, that Hashem said, I want you to still be Mitzrayim, because this is how Kiddush Shemaim can happen. Vizos avodaso, this is your avodah, to be engaged in turning, in, in, in subduing the sitra achra. Ushnei minei nachas ruach lefanav yisbarach lamala. And there are two types of nachas ruach that Kaddish Baruch Hu has. And the Baal goes on to quote, I won't take more of your time. I think I'm already over from Marv. He goes on to quote the Zohar that says, that on the Pasuk, that it says that, 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 that Yitzchak asks Esav to make him avaseli mat'amim kasher hafti. That the Zohar says in that Pasuk that Yitzchak says to Esav, make mat'amim, make these, these delicacies the way that I love them. 
and the Zohar is medayik, mat'amim is lashon rabim. It's in plural. And the Zohar explains, because there's two types of matamim that Hashem wants. There's two types of dishes, of delicacies, that bring HaKadosh Baruch Hu nachas that He wants. Kasher hafti, not b'dyeved, but kasher hafti, Hashem says, like I want. The Zohar says that Yitzchak talking to Esau is a remez to the Shekhinah speaking levanel to Klai Yisrael. Matamim is, is in plural, because there's shnei minei matamim. One type of dish that people love is sweet, and it's, and it's sugary. That's a type of dish people love. And Hashem says there's a type of avoda in this world that it's, that, that, it's, that it's matok, it's sweet, and that's what I love. But there's another type of dish people love that's harif, that's, that, 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 that could be sour, it could be spicy. And that's another type of dish that a, that, that a person loves. And Hashem says that's another type of thing that brings me nachas rach. So that tzaddikim that HaKadosh Baruch Hu creates, the, 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 the one in a million that Hashem, neshama, that Hashem sends into this world, that's the sweet dish that Hashem says that is kasher hafti. They don't even have the taiva. The Bechlal don't have the taiva. But 99.9% of, of, of Klal Yisrael, I would imagine probably every one of us in this room, as the, as the Baal Tani says, halavai to be a benoni, halavai to be a benoni, is the second type of dish. It's the mat'amim that is not purely sweet. It's the mat'amim that is, that is spicy, that, that, that is sour, that is, is a mixture of all this. And HaKadosh Baruch Hu says, kasher hafti. I love that. I want that. It's not a bidiyev, it's a lechatchila. So hopefully, I hope that, uh, that, that, that thinking about this and, and recognizing, sometimes people could think of Shovim and it's like, oh, you know, the, 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 it's just like an, it's an, it's an oncoming of, of guilt and shame. But the reality that Chazal saw, or came later, but that, that, that our Messiah event came to bring out into the world of having Shovim, what that really means is that it's, it's, it's normal to have the struggle, is that it's, it's enough of a common struggle that there's actually a, a Indian about it. It's not like something hidden in the corner. It's something that's alive and real. And so thinking about this, that we are the second type of mat'amim, that a Kaddish Baruch Hu loves, it's not a bidiyeh, but it's l'chatchila, it's what Hashem wants from us, that even if it's ongoing, that it's bidafka, it's ongoing, it's ongoing because of Yad Hashem, because Hashem says, I'm being Makshalev Paro, because in some way that maybe, maybe, Lasid Lavo, maybe we'll have some glimpse into understanding why. But Akarish Baruch Hu says, This, struggling with this, but continuing to struggle with it and not giving up and working on it and working on it and working on it, even though it's frustrating to not experience the culmination of Yitzhak Mitzrayim and to feel like the, 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 the Shiba Mitzrayim is ongoing. Somehow that's Mekadeshim Shemaim, and hopefully it should give us the Akadeshmaim to mechazik ourselves, to engage in this struggle in a way that we can bring Nachasirach to the Borel. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you so much for listening. If you enjoyed this, please follow us on WhatsApp, YouTube, or Instagram. All our podcast series can be found wherever you listen to podcasts. I'd love to hear from you, so please reach out with questions, comments, or suggestions or to be added to our WhatsApp groups. You can reach us through email using yakov, Y-A-K-O-V, dot attached, at gmail.com, or on WhatsApp at 773-888-2413.